Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Cannabis Review. I'm delighted to be joined this episode by Chris Boucher, who's the founder of Juice Tiva and Hemp Tiva. How are you keeping today, Chris? I'm doing great, thanks. Thank you very much for taking your time to do this. I know you're a very busy man. Do you maybe want to give everybody a, a quick little overview of your position in the industry and how long you've been in the industry? Sure. Do you guys have a couple hours? <laughs> uh, real quick. Um, I opened one of the first hemp companies in the United States in 1990. Um and we made hats, bags, wallets. We made clothing. We were probably in 5,000 stores in 14 different countries. Um, we made uh, stuff for Converse, Walt Disney. We did stuff for Dave Matthews. We did music merchandise for the Beatles anthology. I mean, the list goes on. It was pretty massive in the 90s. It was a different marketplace, uh, different brick-and-mortar store type um, uh, economy. Um, and, uh, I met Jack Hara in 1990. Um, I didn't know who he was, uh, long story short, he asked me to sign a petition in 1990 to legalize hemp. I didn't know what hemp was. Uh, I said, well, what's hemp? Six hours later, he took me through his whole book and, uh, I went home that night and I said, um, I'm going to be a hamster <laughs> and i ended up being jack harris best man at his wedding and he was my mentor and uh you know he's he's the grandfather of this whole industry i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him okay incredible as you said we could probably fill up a number of episodes based on different elements of your career to date can you maybe give a, a brief overview of how far the hemp industry has come in the last 30 years is the industry in a place where you ever dreamed it would be, or is there still progression left to come in America? You know, it's unbelievable where it's at. Every time I look at my crystal ball, it's given me wrong readings. <laughs> uh, you know, in the 90s, we had the textiles and we had the, the hemp seed and the hemp seed oil in the food. Uh, we had the DEA in 2000 try to outlaw all hemp seed hemp seed lotions, hemp seed protein powder. That was a major battle. Um, we basically sued the DEA. We won in court uh, 2004. The industry, you know, really morphed into um, the cannabidiol CBD in 2011, 12. Um, I co-wrote the hemp CBD is legal in all 50 states. Um, you know, at that time, I was told it was a scam. I was kicked out of the industry and they said there's no such thing as CBD. <laughs> I went on to start some of the biggest hemp CBD companies probably in the world. And uh, now we're at this huge apex where um, there's a loophole in the law in the United States is the word called, a word called isomers. So people are able to take CBD and convert it in a laboratory and make Delta-8. They're able to make hemp THC in the lab. And it's legal and it gets you high. And about two weeks ago, uh, a great report came out and the hemp cannabinoid industry has now overtaken the entire American marijuana industry in terms of gross sales. I never imagined uh, it would be this way. And now CBD's kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, people want to get high. People want to get stoned and they can buy it in the convenience store, gas station, health food store, they can buy hemp THC and Delta 8 and HOC anywhere. So um, the marijuana industry is very, very upset because this is all unregulated and it's just a free for all, you know, typical American economy. You just keep doing it until they 
they stop you. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty incredible how far we've come, especially as you mentioned with Delta Eight and the the influx of these new modified molecules to be able to deliver an exact purpose. Some of the numbers coming out of the Florida region with the sales of Delta Eight are 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 crazy. The size of the numbers, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, I, like I said, there was a great article that came out last week. I think Bo Whitney uh, just did a whole, uh, you know, research on uh, total gross sales. I mean, you can buy hemp THC and Delta Eight in like fifty thousand different stores across America, and uh, where cannabis marijuana, you're just limited to, you know, a couple hundred store stores per state. So it's it, and, and it's the convenience. People can walk into a convenience store. They're buying a soda, cigarettes, they're buying beer, and they can buy their THC right there in a gummy or a vape. And um, so it's really convenient. But um, we do know they are going to take it out of the farm bill and it will be illegal in a couple years. But the, 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 the downside of this is the cannabis industry is lobbying for new hemp laws in all the different states that will cap the THC in any hemp product so all your full spectrum oils and your one ounce two ounce bottles uh your your gummy boxes and packages um will all be illegal because the entire package if it exceeds 0.3 will be illegal so they're really trying to cap the thc in the entire package because of uh this prolific um you know industry of uh selling thc in uh in the open market without any regulations or laws in place it seems to be that there's a three-way pull in the american industry at the moment you've got the hemp farmers with the hemp bill and the delta eight sales and big distributors making big money doing that you've got the adult use market which are some clinging on to a straw and others just burning through capital hoping that all the rules and regulations fall into place that allow them to mass market their goods and then there's the medical side of the industry which is biotechnology and crispr technologies and fermentation engineering to be able to create these molecules in large scale masses who do you think in the next five ten years is going to be the winner between those three groups you know, I think at the end of the day, it's it's just really uh, the retail end of the economy. I think that wh whoever kind of owns the 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 end of the distribution channels where the real revenue is generated, um, because right now there's just a complete um, run on you know cannabis uh, in the wholesale distribution, um, the growing indoor outdoor price of electricity, so. It's so competitive that um, the only way that I see that um, the people that will benefit are the ones that actually own the brick and mortar retail stores. And of course, um, we're all waiting for the U.S. banking. Right now, it's illegal for the banks to really handle cannabis money. So that could be, we'll call it the break in the dam it, once they they allow uh, American banks to handle cannabis-based money because that's a huge issue right now across the board. And it's kind of like a noose on the whole industry in a sense. So that's what we're kind of all waiting for. So the Walmarts and the CVSs and the Walgreens, these are all the big box stores. They can start selling it. And so, um, you know, everyone's just on standby. And of course, with the 
current political situation in U.S. Congress. Uh, even the hemp, the farm bill has been stalled another year. So it's interesting to kind of see um, where this thing is going to go. So you think this new this Safe Banking Act that you're mentioning is one of the the bricks to take out of the dam that's going to start the the major leak in terms of the full adult use market across the country? Oh yes, most definitely because we're seeing you know the entire all the platforms across whether it's uh, Facebook, Instagram. TikTok, you know, these are all the social media revenue generating streams. They don't allow cannabis or marijuana for advertisement because of the banks. Uh, your big giant big box stores won't sell edible CBD. They a lot of them sell topical CD, CBD. So we're talking, you know, uh, you know, another 50, 100,000 potential stores that would be able to sell hemp CBD in the edible form once the banking becomes legal because these stores don't want to be selling an edible CBD product and there's a gray area and anything that messes with their banking um, is a huge issue, even if it's less than 1% chance of, you know, the bank shutting them down and banks do shut down a lot of companies that are in the hemp CBD space. So it's like a cat and mouse game now, but uh, yeah, I do believe that would uh, be huge game changer. Moving on now to Juice Tiva and Farm Tiva, the stories of both of these companies. Do you maybe want to give everybody a brief explanation of what Juice Tiva is? Yeah, so Juice Tiva, um, many, many years ago when I was with Jack Hare in the 90s, um, people were doing cannabis juicing and it tasted terrible. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, hey, if you drink the juice and 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 so over the years, we've seen a couple of companies come up with some juicing and uh you know the issue being it's not shelf stable any fresh juice only has you know three to four days shelf life so we've developed this unique process uh, of growing the hemp um, we grow all year round outdoors you know we're growing october november december january february uh we grow down near the border of mexico united states where it's where 90% of the American vegetables are produced during winter vegetables. But the whole concept was to be able to get the cold pressed juice and convert it into a shelf stable, ready to mix green powder that's loaded with CBDA, cannabidolic acid. Besides all the nutrients and the vitamins and the amino acids, and I mean, it's the superfood of superfoods. It's, <laughs> it is like the number one commodity on the plant the leaves and we throw them away so we believe that this is going to be a huge sector in the future uh whether it's uh, uh cbda juice cbga uh thca um so there, there's many of these uh, uh acids that um, um you can benefit from um that are really far superior uh, than some of the other cannabinoids, but they're very unstable. And the only way to really uh, be able to consume these uh, um, acids um, are through either eating the fresh raw leaf, fresh pressed juice, or um, a processed uh, uh, juice powder. Very interesting. And is it available across the country in America? Yeah, we're, we're in a couple hundred stores. 
um, at, you know, is interesting. As we get into the health food stores, they've been so oversaturated with CBD. It's like, oh, no, it's another CBD product. Please don't call me. <laughs> and we, we're like, no, it's a hemp juice. So we're really re-educating the American, I would say, wellness and, um, you know, health and wellness um, managers of stores and uh, promoters of um, hemp and CBD to understand that, you know, um, CBDA is, you know, 100 times more powerful than CBD in, in, in certain aspects of uh of, of health and it, it, it's a hundred times more absorbable uh bioavailable you know it, it's just an amazing cannabinoid but the, the only way only way to do that is to um um you know either juice it or eat it raw you know and so that's kind of where we're trying to uh re-educate the consumer and the buyers that this is completely different than what um they've seen in the past so no one's really even heard of it so our main thing is explaining what is hemp juice what is cbda cannabidolic acid what is cbga cannabigeral acid so these these are um you know new forms of cannabinoids that uh we believe are going to be um quite large in the in the uh economy of uh hemp when it comes to the product, is that available to be sold in Europe? Is there a trace amount of THC after the process, or is it a purified CBDA or CBGA molecule in there? Yes. So there is a CBD, CBDA. Um, there's no Delta 9. We will run like, a, we call it a double zero um, THCA, where each serving might have 0.005% uh, THC. So it can be sold in Europe. It's just getting a license and I believe um, getting it through the EU. And um, we're seeing different CBD products are being sold in Europe. But there's several countries it can be sold in. And, um, you know, we, we, we do ship it all over the world. For anybody who wants to learn more about you, Steve, the website is below and it'll be available in all the descriptions where you listen and watch this episode. Chris, it's absolutely fascinating talking to you. I think we're going to have to definitely do a, a part two on this and delve deeper into the incredible career that you've had today. Thank you very much for taking your time to do this. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be on your show, and I look forward to speaking to you again. Absolute pleasure, Chris. You have a great day and a happy Thanksgiving for Thursday. And until next episode, everybody. Mm -hmm.